0: Is this a heretical question because it, it, it elevates Santa over Jesus? Well,
1: that's—I mean, that's the thing. Like, what would Jesus ask Santa for? Like, and then what Santa, would
2: Santa ask Jesus for? Doesn't yeah. Santa
1: turn around and go, like, okay, so grant it? You know, like, so do it.
0: I mean, he'd say, you know, everybody because it started off this way keeps bringing me gold, frankincense, and myrrh as like a joke, but I'm kind of done with that. Can I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I think
2: Jesus would really struggle with (laughs) this.
1: Of course (laughs) he would!
0: Welcome to episode 213 of PUB Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverend Shannon Weston and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, along with special guest Derek Weston, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand.
1: So today we have a special announcement um, that we are doing a plug for. Um, Over the weekend, a devastating tornado came through the Midwest and the South. Um, I grew up in one of the towns that tornado directly went, it sliced the town right in the half. And we're just putting a plug in that if you would like to give, give through any organization that is doing good work there. Um, Our plug is um, I really trust the Presbyterian Disaster Assistance Organization. They not only show up when it first happens, they stay long after the news trucks are gone. Um, I have worked with them for years. Um, gifts can be made directly to the area. Um, you can go to PCUSA.org DT21. Um, you can also donate by phone, just text PDA To 41444. We'll throw up that in the chat um, and put it on our Facebook page. And feel free to give through other organizations. World Central Kitchen is there on the ground right now doing great work. The Red Cross is there, of course. And there's also a fund through the state that you can give to that goes directly to residents.
0: Thank you, Shannon. Absolutely. Uh, Folks, if you're able to help out in any way, uh, we appreciate that greatly. And whether you are a longtime listener or are new to the show, did you know that you can get even more content? If you'll get access to pre and post show banter, a cool Pub Theology Live pint glass, and more. Sign up at Patreon.com/PTLive. slash Let's
1: throw an Audible, um, Brian. We've done this before, but if you give twenty-five dollars to an organization to the tornadoes area, because I am control of the pint glasses, I will send you a pint glass. So. $25 or more donation gets you a pint glass. Just show us proof of donation.
0: I love it. Perfect. There you go.
1: We're doing it. <laughs> All right, friends. This week, we'll be talking about getting lost, walking, and life in the symptoms. Simpsons. Simpsons. Symptoms. Yeah, I'm life in the symptoms right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> um also welcome Derek welcome back do we need to introduce you no no no
2: no <laughs> all right. I'm I am
0: Derek husband of Shannon okay <laughs> welcome Derek glad to have you back
1: I am Uhtred son of Uhtred <laughs> all right here we go that's a Netflix show reference that you should not watch it's <laughs> that not
2: that bad it wasn't that bad
1: if you want to hear what I just said over and over again mm-hmm. about 50,000 <laughs> times watch the show anyway here we go it's the last kingdom it's the last kingdom anyway and it was the last okay brian what are you drinking
0: (laughs) great question uh i am drinking life in the clouds double dry hopped ipa kind of a funky pink creature on a bicycle is the can art uh, brewed by collective arts brewing in Wanakee, wisconsin so across the lake
1: Mm, nice derek what are you drinking today so i
2: um i've had this beer for a long time but it is um the mad elf grand crew mad elf is one of my favorite seasonal beers and this is kind of like a special version of that and i've had it since last year it yeah was santa, santa brought, santa it brought it to, to, it to me last year and i didn't have not opened it because i there was no occasion special enough
1: you're like shaking the bottle you're there gonna it is. like it's gonna <laughs> like
0: uh,
1: it is it's, not champagne, champagne no no as
0: you were saying no occasion special enough
2: there was no occasion special enough to drink it before now, but
1: there was. <laughs> but
0: pump
2: theology, pub theology was that occasion. So love it.
1: About to spill over my carpet.
2: <laughs> nope.
1: All right. So, of course, he drinks this like 13% alcohol thing on a it's day. It's
2: 11.
1: Okay. 11% alcohol thing on a day that I can't have a lot of beer. Um, I am drinking a Monument City Brewing Company, and Monument City is in Baltimore City um called marble or white marble it's a belgian style wit so that's cheers, that was cheers. the lowest alcohol content in our house <laughs> is it delicious it is delicious yeah sure
0: but just yeah, a little i mean why not
1: Brian, mm. you want to sip
0: <laughs> i do <laughs> absolutely <laughs> on to today's topics all right
1: so what color are your Christmas tree lights and who decided on that choice?
0: Well, ours are white and I'll let you guess whose choice it was.
1: <laughs> I'm going to guess that was Christie's choice.
0: It was, it was, I mean, I, I like the white lights. It kind of gives it a, a clean look, but I think if it were my tree only, there would be many colors.
2: Is that why this question's on the list? So that you can <laughs>
1: Oh is don't don't you know this is Brian's therapy hour? <laughs> <laughs> like, have you not have you uh, not picked that up by now? I, I, I just, you know, I mean, you were editing the show when Brian was gone, so maybe you didn't realize <laughs> that. Uh.
2: I mean, it's cool. Whatever, do do what you got to do. I mean, <laughs> you
1: know, what color are our lights? No,
2: yeah, ours are ours are colored. We have multicolored lights. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like okay so. I mean you're in charge of Christmas mm-hmm. but like yeah. I would want colored lights yeah also so like <laughs> it's it's not a it's not a thing like I, I I think I mean okay sorry I think all white light trees look creepy
0: oh really I think, I think they look really creepy
2: <laughs> I, I what know. is that about I don't I don't know <laughs> I think they look like
1: so do you do you remember when I, we had white lights on our tree? Yes. Yeah. So we actually started with a tree with white lights.
0: Oh. That okay. were.
1: So I. I How does it look It. So I am allergic to pine trees. I'm allergic to right. fir trees and cedar trees and all kinds of real living things. And so I'm. And so we had a fake tree.
0: Yeah.
1: And someone bought this tree for me, and did not consult me in what color the lights would be yeah and so when we were first married um, actually it's the same tree
2: right but we, but we cut off We slowly and surgically cut the lights off it was it was which i do
1: not reckon just freaking buy another tree it was like, an
2: afternoon where we basically did nothing i mean
1: but. our arms were like cut <laughs> like cut everywhere from like because they are like wrapped on every single little branch. And I, and you I hope you unplugged like,
0: it. I hope you unplugged it first.
1: We did. Yes, we, did. we unplugged we did. it. Yes, of
0: course.
1: <laughs> um, if not, I do not think we would be here to speak about it. Um, but our, we got new ones this year. So we have both tiny bulbs and big bulbs.
0: Oh, and the tiny yeah.
1: bulbs this yeah. year twinkle and shockingly not in an annoying way. Yeah. Cause yeah. I never got twinkly bulbs before. Cause it was like,
2: right. It's a subtle twinkle, which it you wouldn't is. think could happen. And it's now like... if you
0: could, if you could only have the small lights or the larger lights, which would, what do you like better?
1: I would do, I mean, there, I would have to have a lot of strands of big bulbs to make it worth the light that I get from all the strands of little bulbs
2: see if i only had you one, you would have big I would, no no if i only had one I'd, i only have little
1: oh yeah like I mean, that's I mean, what i'm, I'm saying have,
2: like tons of them but like i would only have little
1: yeah no yeah. if i if i had to choose one it would be little because that's where you get the majority of the you get the even lighting yeah, yeah, yeah. but the big ones are like they're like ornaments they're accents they're what fun. about you brian
0: they're fun i i would go with the the large ones uh as well uh
1: no we're saying we go with small ones
0: i know oh sorry
1: yeah <laughs> lumberjack brian takes it
0: back conversely i would go with the large ones um (laughs) some years back uh when we lived up north in michigan we we bought this house that came with a lot of stuff in it it was kind of like as is so like i think Mm -hmm. the former owners had maybe died or i'm not sure what happened but um but we found some old christmas decorations and it was like this like greenery with some tinsel and then the big colored lights. And it looked mm-hmm. like it was from the seventies or eighties. And I was like, yes, I love these. So there was like one Christmas where I got to have the big colorful lights. Um, nice. You know, it was fun. Yeah.
1: We have like ours, our big colorful lights look like they're from.
0: Do you hear that wistful
2: nostalgia? Times in his voice. Of Do you remember when we had big colorful lights? Those were the days. <laughs> Oh,
1: back in
0: i'll make sure someone listens to this episode later
1: 2010 you know yeah no, no no we're the tree the tree is our um the tree is our family project like that is definitely a f- so it is nice. colorful it is bright it is it's noisy it's yeah it is noisy actually it's, it's, it's noisy. got things on it that and if somebody chose to throw tinsel all over it nobody would care you know? also like, like
2: you can you can definitely tell like whose ornaments are whose like you it's pretty transparent that like you know there's there are spider-man ornaments and there are unicorn ornaments yeah. and there are
1: everybody's personality is shown star on wars the tree. several
2: boba fett ornaments so, and i think yeah. i've said this
1: on the show one last thing about the tree and then we'll move on the the one tradition that we have that i love and i tell everybody to do is every time we travel we get an ornament mm-hmm. we don't buy hallmark ornaments like sometimes the kids get given them but like right. when we travel we get an ornament and so decorating the tree with ornaments is a is a like big nostalgia remember when we were here and yeah. did this and blah 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 and i just highly recommend that especially with your kids is like it's just it's great it's they yeah. love it it's so good. Very good. Uh, You and the names. Okay. (laughs) Rebecca Solnit. Solnit? Solnit. Rebecca Solnit's conviction was that never to get lost is to not live. Describe a time that you were lost. What did you feel at the time? What are the benefits of getting lost? Are you more likely to ask for directions or to just keep going? And I assume you mean like actually lost, not like metaphorically lost.
0: Ooh, well, <laughs> <laughs> let's start with actually lost. <laughs> I mean, there was a time. So when I was in a uh, freshman in high school, um, we had moved to Florida to the Gulf coast and um, we were, we were at the beach and there was this section of the beach where there were like, I don't know if they were like mangrove plants or something, but that kind of went right up to the edge of the water. And there was like a grove of them or something, and they were really dense. And somehow I sort of wandered, found my way into a bunch of them and wandered and got to a place where I realized I couldn't get out and I didn't know where people were anymore. And I was like seriously afraid. (laughs) (laughs) and there was no one to ask for directions from.
1: And you're like 14, right? I was like
0: 14. Yeah. So in the end, I resorted after exhausting all options of thinking, I just can't find my way back. And I don't know where people are. I resorted to screaming. (laughs) And my parents heard me and they started yelling back. And so by, you know, directionally following the sound, suddenly I realized there was this thicket between my dad and I, and it was so thick, but I'm like, but I know it's on the other side. So I am just gonna claw my way through. And I was so scratched up. Yeah. Oh my God. But it was like, I didn't know how to get around it. I don't yeah. know how I got there. It's gotta go through. It's, it's gotta go
1: through and it. And
2: there's, and there's the sermon.
0: And I, <laughs> and I just went through it and it was crazy.
1: Ever been lost? I, uh, so
2: when we were, when I was, when I finished seminary, uh, we were driving across the country from Northern California back to Pittsburgh and we had these designated markers we were going to stop at as we went across the country. And one of them was sort of on the Northern base of, of the Grand Canyon. And so we're driving and we hit this town called Knaff, Utah, and it tells us that like we have like a couple hours to go. So we drive three hours uh, east of Knaff, Utah, and the GPS tells us that we've arrived.
0: You've arrived at your destination.
2: And like we clearly have not arrived. We are clearly (laughs) in the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by nothing. Recalculating. And so we're like, oh my goodness. And it's it's super late. And so we're like freaking out, calling all of the places that we can possibly like just stop and reorient ourselves. The only place that had any availability was in Kanaf, Utah.
1: Oh my God. So we oh. had
2: to turn around. No go 3 hours back to Kanap Utah
1: 3 hours later
2: and and what i remember and this is going to sound crazy because like i were, i was very frustrated at that time like i'm frustrated i i'm i'm much better about getting lost now like i'm much more of an enjoy the adventure person than i was not i was very frustrated but the shut up i really i, I enjoy the adventure shut up um but but what was... I mean it,
1: it it's clearly relative. <laughs> it's
2: clearly relative. I enjoy it more than I used to. Yeah yeah okay? yeah okay. Um, but what was really funny about it? So so like this space between the Grand Canyon, the tip of the Grand Canyon, and and Knaf, Utah, is just all flat. But you can see as you're driving back in the pitch like pitch black. There's no there's no street lights or anything pitch black but you can see bunnies popping up with their eyes kind of reflecting and so it just feels like a scary <laughs> horror movie yeah of like like we're gonna get attacked by bunnies right and
1: so like or jackrabbits or whatever yeah, they are yeah, yeah. yeah so it
2: was it was terrifying i was like i'm gonna die from bunnies Look, that rabbit's got a
1: vicious street a mile wide it's a killer
2: um you're a yeah. black man in the woods there was a high probability <laughs> exactly. you'd I mean, something was gonna get yeah
1: right? no exactly
2: but yeah, yeah that was that was one like very significant time of being lost
1: so i didn't think i didn't i couldn't think of anything and and mostly because probably college so definitely high school on there was MapQuest was invented which by the way was not overly helpful but like at least it was something
0: but do you remember and, like printing off the I map remember printing off.
1: <laughs> yeah and then after college like in seminary there were gps's right yeah. so like i grew up in that time but but um I, <laughs> this is crazy my grandma years a couple of years ago my grandmother's 50 or sorry um 95th birthday my cousins and i were in downtown nashville and I know downtown really well, but we were staying at this Airbnb in like outside of downtown in, in Brentwood. And, um, the, the Lyft driver clearly is, um, like we almost died several times, like right during in this Lyft experience. And we were, we were, we'd had a few. Um, so we were like, yeah let's do it oh my god this is a story so he drops us off at this house which looks exactly like the house we're staying in we walk down the driveway we get to the back and i'm like where's everybody's cars and we're like my cousin is opening the back door it's also like 11:30 <laughs> at night and i'm like this isn't the house like run and we like book it down this long driveway and we're standing in the middle of the street. And I'm like, where is this house? Like, you can't see anything. It's pitch black. So I'm calling my sister and I'm like, we don't know where we are, like where, and she has to come out of the house, which now my whole family is getting wind of what is going on. Oh boy. And I'm, I mean, I'm 39 years old at the time, but that doesn't mean I'm still not a kid in this scenario. Yeah. Right. And so, but the whole, like literally like 20 people are walking down the driveway, standing in the middle of the street, which is like a half a block that way, (laughs) going, we're (laughs) over here,
0: They've got air horns.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they're, you know, like I'm the oldest of my group of cousins that I was with. And they're like, why weren't you more responsible? And I was like, I was. I got a lift, I put in the correct address, and he dropped us off at the wrong house. Like, how was I supposed to know? But it bonded my cousins and I. So I think it's okay. There so you go. I think that's the benefit. One, the greatest benefit to getting lost. Is a good story in the end. Absolutely. Like that is yes. the greatest yes. benefit to getting lost.
0: Yes. Yeah. So
2: I would actually agree with her a quote. Her quote then, and and for for that reason alone, that like life is about good stories, and like so, yeah. If you don't, if you've never gotten lost, you don't have those kinds of stories. So, I think I think Rebecca Solnit is correct.
0: <laughs> yes, and I, I thought of a better one uh, that was also in Utah, uh, where the family and I were on a road trip with the kids. This was maybe two or three summers ago, and we were in the Grand Staircase-Escalante area, Southern Utah, and there were these slot canyons that we wanted to find way off the beaten path. We ended up getting, I'll just keep it short, but we ended up getting lost and like very nearly running out of water. And like out there when you're far from your vehicle and you're in the desert, (laughs) you don't want to run out of water. No. and then there were thunderclouds coming and you also don't want to be in a slot canyon when there's a downpour so we we made it back but there were a few moments where I wondered yeah and we were sending the kids on like scouting trips to like run ahead like yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. see if you see something that looks familiar
1: no exactly exactly and I think that's it like I um while you're living through it it's a little terrifying yeah I mean, but afterwards, you're like, you just, you just have to accept it and take it in. And yeah. so last part of this, are you more likely to ask for directions or just keep going?
2: Oh, I'm more likely to just keep going. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And Same. what am I, what do I do?
2: You ask for directions. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually.
1: <laughs> I. So here, here's, here's my part of that. I hate to backtrack. I hate it. Like I will calculate in my head the exact way to go if I have multiple stops so that I do not have to backtrack. So for me, getting lost is like, we might backtrack and that's not okay. So you
0: hearing Derek talk about going three hours back to the same town. We would have
1: slept in the car.
0: you you die a little inside.
1: I would have said, I'm not going anywhere. You pull over, we'll sleep in the car and in the morning we'll keep going. That's, That's exactly what I would have said.
2: I mean, I just, I just thought of a more recent story of being lost, but I think we should probably move on. To the-
1: <laughs> With you and I?
2: No, 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 me and Thomas. Remember oh. when we were at Canton and my phone?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah I forgot so, about that. Oh, yeah, okay. Anyway, yeah. That could be that could be post-game. That, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Join our Patreon to hear Derek's story about getting lost just this summer. <laughs> <laughs> An avid walker, Nietzsche wrote, sit as little as possible. Do not believe any idea that is not born in the open air of free movement in which muscles do not also reveal. Sitting still is the real sin against the Holy Ghost. Yeah, Nietzsche. (laughs) Discuss. He's a really, really peace-oriented guy. He really doesn't say anything too evocative.
2: So, you know, I've had I will say that like I have had like some of my best inspiration while walking. Like that's that's for sure. Like I've definitely had some of my best creative moments, some of my like best insights on on life and things of that nature while walking. So like I I I hear where he's coming from, but I also have had Wonderful insights when I've like stopped myself and made yeah. myself sit. Yes, you know? Yes. So like it's it's the it's the all or nothing of this quote that is that is kind of hard for me to to swallow.
1: So tell tell them about meeting my extended family this summer.
2: Oh my god, they cannot sit still. Um so <laughs> she kind of And this might not come as a surprise to anyone who has met and spent time with Shannon, but Shannon comes from a clan of people who cannot sit still. Like they, they, like we are, we, I met them this summer and they're, they're a lovely group of people.
1: My big extended family. My big extended
2: family. And so we're sitting out and we're, we're like looking at this beautiful lake and I'm, we're sitting outside and we're having coffee. And I'm just like, this is, this is great. Like we're having a, this is a, this is a moment. And like, it, it was like an alarm went off and it was like, okay, we need to hike. We need to canoe. We need to run and find groceries. We need to go do things. And every, all of a sudden they're like scattered and like, and Derek and was, I are like, I'm like, okay, but I could have more coffee.
0: Like coffee, that? lake, quiet, and,
2: and like
1: and when i'm done with the coffee i'm gonna have a beer yeah like i'm gonna drink coffee until it's beer
2: time um (laughs) but like they are they're they're a group of of movers and so i actually think that there is there's kind of an opposite to what he's saying that like you can be moving so much and this i if any of your family is listening i don't mean to say this about they're
1: not listening
2: You can also move so much that you're not reflective. You can also move so much that you're not actually getting to really soak up life and really contemplate. So, I, I again, it's the all or nothing of this of this quote that is is super problematic. I will
1: also argue that Nietzsche did not live in a time when there was constant noise.
2: True. true. And that
1: right. some like walking, walking or movement nowadays often involves more noise right and not less good point unless you like consciously make the effort to not have it be that way yeah and so that's where I say it's it's both and the other the thought that I had that came to this is that when I'm in um a crisis despair trauma whatever like sometimes I just need to sit in it and reflect on that. And the Holy Spirit works through that as well. So, but, but I do agree that if I'm needing to be creative, joyful, blah, blah, blah. And I need, I need that kind of energy. Like walking is a really great way to make that happen. And, and there's science behind that and, you know, everything else, but, but it's not an all or nothing. It's not.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe I agree with all of what's been said. And I think walking can be that thing that sort of gets you unstuck if you're sort of, you know, you've spent the time reflectively and, you know, meditated while sitting or or just working at your desk. And sometimes you hit a wall and sometimes getting up and walking consciously um, can really sort of get the gears in motion and, and just bring a new idea to mind. And I think he's really talking about you know, going on like a solitary walk, like in nature, he's not talking about, you know, let's be super busy and, you know, that kind of thing. So I definitely agree with what you said, Derek, that you can be so busy that you're not present. And it can reflect a a busyness of mind as well. I think like that you're so busy that you don't allow the mind and the heart to sort of come to a a calm. Um, So anyway, I don't have a lot to add, but I, I agree that, For me too, I've had moments where it's been on a walk, where I've had some profound insight or spiritual moment or something of the sort that um, maybe I should do more of. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, no, I I totally agree, I do. Um, All right, so an article in The Atlantic declares that, life of the Simpsons is no longer attainable. and that the most affluent family of the 1990s television enjoyed, by today's standards, an almost dreamily, dreamily secure existence.
2: I feel like we've discussed this before. Really? I do. However, <laughs> like out on this show, anyway. Um, <laughs> but but I've definitely read the article, and 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 they're absolutely right. Like. <laughs> The standard of living for the nineties, which and, and the funny thing is the Simpsons were in the nineties. They were this struggling family.
1: Yeah. You right. know, they were a blue collar family. They were, they
2: were blue collar, but you know, some of that is is the changes of of the writing and the fact that the show's been on for a billion years, but 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 also like they were a they, you know, they were a one income house. That was able to keep three kids, and and for the mom to be able to stay home, and Marge kind of worked when she wanted, and um, you know they they had a car and they they were college educated and like you know all of these sorts of things that like seemed at the nineties that like uh,
1: was a standard,
2: right? Was was kind of like this is this is how everyone is um now kind of feels like it's a lot harder to get there and and certainly the idea of being you know we've we've floated by the grace of god on Shannon's income this year and
1: i mean uh, well i mean it's you it's, haven't not brought in income i
2: haven't i haven't not brought in income but but like but it's been it's been way more challenging than a couple of years ago when we were both full-time employed and um you, you know and I, I just think that like that idea of being able to keep a house of five going with a single income just feels like I, ridiculous
1: i will also say part of the reason why we survived not just survived but we were able to live on one salary was because of um last year's covid money that didn't hurt that paid off some debt for us right and an inheritance that we got that paid off some debt for us sure that that is how this was able to happen which again is a very privileged situation right Right. um but what i see happening right now is that a lot of people are saying or realizing that that there's a lot that we would be willing to live without um, in order to live on less money, um, so that we don't have to work these super shitty jobs that really didn't pay us. I think what we've actually learned in the last two years was how little some of our jobs really did pay us and how we actually can survive on one income, which is still a privileged thing to say. Like I'm not, but. Like Homer worked at a at a nuclear power plant as a I don't even know what he was
2: their safety inspector
1: right their safety inspector that's right
2: that's that's part of the joke
1: it was part of the joke no, no. <laughs> I remember it now I remember it but I was like I I could see his little mm-hmm. office area mm-hmm. but I just yes. couldn't remember what his title was Go! but like that is a that is a union job which are yeah, right barely now. exist anymore right like yep. so one of the things not to like, but one of the things with this tornado coming through is my best friend from high school, his father still lives in that town and works at the Corvette plant. Because one of the things that I said is there was a candle factory um, that got crushed in the tornado in Mayfield, which is a little bit more Western. And then the Amazon factory, right, where the roof caved in in Illinois, which in that part of Kentucky, Illinois is not far, by the way, you know, Not far, so one of the things that we were talking about that in Bowling Green, where I grew up, there is the factory of Fruit of the Loom. So all the underwear and T-shirts and stuff are made in that factory. And there's the Corvette plant. Um, and his father has lifelong worked at the Corvette plant, and he's an electrician. And even though he hasn't, he started out as an electrician at the Corvette plant, but he's he's not been doing that for years. But he's still listed as one. So he was one of the people called out to assess the plant um, for damages. And one of the things that, you know, so Brad was, well, Brad's a friend of the show and he does listen. Um, But like (laughs) one of the things that um, Brad, you know, was talking about was like, it's, it's gonna take a lot to get the plant back working again. And that's one of the things that I said is, you know, I actually care less about people getting their Corvettes than I do about the workers being able yes. to come back to work, yep. not just for their paycheck, but as a, a mode of normalcy, right? Like, um, sure. Plus, the other thing that Brad pointed out that I hadn't actually considered is that it's not just about the businesses that got hurt, it's that so many people are still working from home and now they don't have a home. Right like so they can't even go into the office right because no. there aren't offices anymore so anyway they were kind of discussing this and one of the things that Brad pointed out was well they're they're part of the you know car makers union and they will they'll be taking care they'll at least get partial pay through this process and i and then we started he and i got in a whole discussion about how like that's not the norm anymore right and so right, like right. Homer's protected by a union, which is not the norm anymore. Yep. Like
0: he's got a pension, things he's like got that. A,
1: he's got a pension. His family has health insurance. Like yep, that is what has made our life possible to see. It's not even my salary. It's healthcare and pension that makes like this possible. For sure. So, yeah, I totally agree. And those for business standard, these for company standard these days, those ideas are antiquated.
2: Well, and and it feels like nowadays Homer's job would be done by an intern. I called the temp agency and I told them, I will pay you any amount. Just give me Ryan Howard. Give him to me. I want him. And like not by a full-time employee. And um, like the the fact that he's not college educated, he's clearly not the sharpest knife in the drawer. And and is holding down this this job and has held down this job for a long time, then again has allowed them to support a family of three of five. Um, you know, it it really is. You know, I think it's 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 the fact that we've also kind of let ourselves slowly acclimate to this. Mm-hmm. And and again, I think The Simpsons is a great barometer for this because again. It's been on forever, <laughs> um, but like it, it's been on. I mean, we've been able to watch it for thirty years to the point where, to the point where Homer's job doesn't, to the point where their lifestyle doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah, like yeah. to the like the show has been on so long, their lifestyle doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that Marge isn't
0: also running a business.
1: Yeah, out of yeah. their garage. She doesn't have an Etsy shop.
2: they right that she doesn't have an <laughs> Etsy shop. Yeah,
0: what's Marge's side hustle?
2: Gee, Marge.
1: I didn't realize people saw me that
2: way. She's not right. selling Lululemon or something, but yeah, like yeah. that Homer's not picking up, you know, third shifts. Yeah. He's not paying up extra shifts. That, that, that but... there's, you know, like, like, um, you know, that childcare for Maggie isn't coming into. I want a tight budget here. You know, all, all of these sorts of things. And like, that, that neither of them is going back to school to try to, you know, I mean, again, there have been so many episodes of The Simpsons and I'm sure all of these scenarios have played out. Right. But, like, it, 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 just your your typical baseline for The Simpsons is no longer mm-hmm. the... It feels like it's no longer the baseline for yeah. the American working class. When, they,
1: right? when that came out, it felt like they were... Honestly, I, my take on that would be that they were they were definitely middle class but lower middle class. Yeah. Right? And and in the sense that they lived in a house that was built 30 40 years before, yep. they only had one car, which, you know, like that's a factor in there. And and that he was a, you know, kind of unionized worker, like all of that kind of leads to definitely middle class but lower middle class, you know, kind of mentality and really only able to be there, only able to be middle-class because it was a small town, a right. small Midwestern town, right? right? Like,
0: Yeah, the cost of living wasn't outrageous.
1: Exactly, right. like it was definitely not, I mean, uh, like it was definitely not near a big city or it wasn't in a place that like land prices were expensive or, you know, whatever. And that that made their life livable um and i i don't know i don't know that those days are there anymore but i also think i'll say this we're going to have to get back there somehow um we're going to get have. we're going to have to get back to the place where having a trade instead of a college education is a well-paid job right and they are actually for sure um i met with a kid um He's about to graduate high school from our youth group the other day. And he wants to be an electrician and he's like a unionized electrician starts out at 80,000 a year. Yeah. Why would I go to college? Right. right. And
0: you've got no student debt and you're making a good living
1: and you, you get it's three years of school and you get paid internship through it. So you're getting paid right out of the bat. And I'm like, you're exactly right. And We're going to keep needing electricians and we're going to keep needing, you know, all of these trades that we've put so much education on college, which like I'm one of them, you know, we, we have a lot of degrees between us on this zoom meeting. You know, I'm not, I am not dogging six degrees of something. (laughs) I am not dogging college at all, but I'm just saying like our overemphasis on that. Yeah. It's, it's backfiring on us. Yeah. Right. Like I am
0: still paying my undergraduate college loans, and I have a kid going into college next year. Like, there's something wrong with that picture. Kind of ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Yeah. And I think so. Those are some of the things that have escalated way beyond, um, you know, way beyond income is cost of tuition, higher education, housing prices. Like there's certain, and then, you know, the lack of affordable, available health care, like those three things especially have continued to just skyrocket. Meanwhile, well-paying jobs, unionized jobs are harder to find. And people are assuming you've got a two full-time household income. Yeah. And maybe a side hustle. Like that's not where everyone lives. Like we try to get by on one income and Christy works when she can, you know, and it's really hard. Like it's not easy.
1: Well, and that's the other side with, with the cost of childcare. I think what a lot of families found during this pandemic was like, wait a second, I was really working to pay for childcare so I could work. Right. Like,
0: right. right.
1: Wait a second. And like, afford the
0: car and the gas
1: and the gas and, and the, and the it comes out like,
0: like even.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and it was, or it was like, or I need to make up $10,000 a year. Like I can probably make up $10,000 a year like, okay, why don't we do that? And, and this can get into a whole labor shortage kind of discussion, but like, that's all part of it is like, work needs to be meaningful. And that work does work doesn't need to just be for the pay, it needs to be meaningful. And if the meaning doesn't come from the work, then it the meaning comes from my family's taken care of, or like, right, like, or someday, you know, if we'll be able to retire, and we'll be able to live when like retirement is a possibility, or if God forbid something happened, my family will be taken care of. What's the point of doing the job that doesn't do any of that, that I also hate? Like,
0: yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, we, we live in a, an interesting time where there's different political views about uh, strengthening the social safety net versus weakening it. And it's like, hello, like people are struggling enough as it is well-paying jobs are, are good paying jobs are hard enough to find. And we shouldn't be in a position where people are making decisions about rent or medication or seeing the doctor, you know, versus yes. eating.
1: Well, and and everybody wants to applaud Amazon because they pay they starting pay at twenty five dollars an hour. Where as when you look at inflation, I know we're not we're not even close to there. But when you look at inflation across the country. We average. We should average twenty-two to twenty-three dollars an hour, based yeah. on the time that Homer Simpson was working. Right, like
0: right. Oh yeah. If
1: we, if inflation, if if minimum wage had kept up with, we're not talking about living wage. We're talking about minimum wage. Yeah, should be somewhere between twenty-two and twenty-three dollars an hour across the country. Which means the areas like where we live, where cost of living is even higher, it should be even more.
0: Yeah. But
1: like, and that's not that. That's not that. To afford a two-bedroom apartment in your area, like chart, that's just minimum wage. Right. So we're so far behind, and I don't, I don't know how something's got to give because I don't yeah. know how you function.
0: Yeah, here. and for, the, for example, uh, you know, our church has uh, is co-sponsoring a, a refugee family from Afghanistan right now, and we're trying to find a job for the husband and you look at some of these industrial jobs and they're offering like between 14 and 17 dollars an hour and even at full time like that barely covers their rent let alone and they have four kids food
1: and clothing and exactly no it's
0: like what it's
1: yeah. it's not affordable it's just yeah. not um yeah i i i think you know when the simpsons bought their house in that area like i can go so where i grew up so again i'm in i'm in a small city not town but a small city in Kentucky. So land prices is are really cheap at this but I grew up in a house that was um $115,000. It's a rancher, four bedrooms, you know, two bathrooms kind of deal. And and that house I I I could look it up but I I guarantee it's over $200,000 at this point. Here. In fact, I'll look it up yeah, do we do this? yeah. and someone was
0: telling me about uh, an, an ancestor who had settled in, in Holland um, early part of last century, uh, I think, you know, 1910s or something. And they bought a house. Uh, this was like a, a single mom whose husband died shortly after they came to the U.S. And she bought a house downtown Holland for like nine hundred dollars. And her mortgage yeah. payments were ten dollars a month. <laughs> And that house now is probably $900,000. Like, it's just, it's astronomical the way housing prices have just, you know, gotten out of whack while people's income has not kept pace.
1: $257,000. There you go. Now, it just got destroyed by a tornado, so probably not worth that much anymore. But...
0: But the point is made.
1: But but that's the thing. $140,000 more than what my parents sold it for. So... Not even at this time. It was a little before this. So they sold it in two thousand and three or two thousand and five, somewhere around there, for one hundred and fifteen thousand. Yeah, and it's yeah. now you know close to two hundred and sixty. And that's most the, people's
0: incomes has not doubled in that. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly right. So that's the part that like, and that's the one thing that I've always struggled with is like I never want to be house poor. Like that's that's hard because and we live in an area where prices of housing only goes up i mean our yeah. our property value has skyrocketed too but i just don't feel like anyway that's that's even more to the point that this is not attainable yeah i think like ours like,
0: are going down because of the number of trump signs that are still up in the neighborhood
1: <laughs> is that how that works
0: <laughs> i don't i hope not
2: <laughs> well and and just to kind of put a fine point on this like the whole one of the main jokes of of the simpsons is that they're in springfield and like every state has a springfield right and so like they there's the idea that like they are
1: the quintessential they family are
0: middle of they are the right in the middle of america right Yeah, every town usa every every town and every like,
1: town every middle class family and,
2: and it's not just and as you and again as you as you widen out the focus from the family like their next door neighbor owns a store that sells things for left-handed people and there's a bartender and there's uh you know there's, there's well there's and people...
1: homer's dad's in a home and who's homer's paying dad, for
2: that homer's dad's in a home yeah and like and and like so, so they're, and their people are able to like be you know others of 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 homers and uh co-workers and they're able to congregate at a bar and like the bar owners, you know, like it's it's all these this little ecosystem that's able to exist that those ecosystems don't exist anymore.
1: Yeah.
2: Or or they feel very endangered.
0: They're more fragile. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Last question. What kind of Christmas present would Jesus ask Santa for? This is a question by Salman Rushdie Rushdie I was gonna get there huh? wow what kind of Christmas tree? I mean this is world peace right
2: yeah it feels like the answer is world peace
0: is this a heretical question because it, <laughs> it, it elevates Santa over Jesus well that's
1: I mean that's the thing like what would Jesus ask Santa for like, And then what Santa, would
2: Santa ask Jesus for doesn't yeah.
1: Santa turn around and go like okay so grant it you know like so do it like
2: that's the better question. What would Santa? Ask what Jesus would Santa for? ask Jesus for?
1: Yeah. To stop. <laughs> like, can I
0: stop? Can I, can can I, stop, I stop, stop doing this?
1: Now?
0: <laughs> Here's my like two weeks.
1: Uh, <laughs> would Jesus ask for presents? Ooh. A present. Would Jesus ask for a present?
0: I mean, he'd say, you know, everybody, because it started off this way, keeps bringing me gold frankincense and myrrh as like a joke but i'm kind of done with that can i yeah yeah
1: (laughs) so i feel here's what i here's what i imagine if jesus were like really secretly alive today that all the heretical like testaments and laughing jesus and like the buddy christ Christ. like jesus would have like he would have a collection I feel like he would have a collection. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a professor in seminary, Dr. Ray. He um who collected all of that. He was like, I just feel like this is so heretical. And like <laughs> like, like I love it. Like he collected all of it. Like, oh.
2: like then Jesus would have white Jesus tchotchkes. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> So here's the key, friends. If you have a Middle Eastern friend that has all kinds of white Jesus Jotskis, maybe, just maybe. They're Jesus. They're Jesus. <laughs>
0: exactly. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, I think he want more Tchotchkes. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. I think he wants like Funko Pop to make a white Jesus for him. That's what I think he wants.
0: Would Jesus ask Santa to stop usurping his birthday? Like, look, dude, this is about me, but somehow it's becoming about you.
1: No, I don't think Jesus wants it about him. (laughs)
0: Okay.
2: I I think Jesus would want to like create as much separation from December 25th as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Say, like, could you make maybe what he would say is like Santa, can you make a public announcement (laughs) that my birthday is actually sometime in April? Yeah. And and No, no. (laughs) And
1: like, no, I think Jesus would be like, you you take it. Right, you exactly, like
2: right, Christmas is yours.
1: Christmas, Christmas is totally is yours. yours. Like don't, like they don't make it about me at all. Just go with it. It's yours now. It's become so much more cultural than it has religious. Just go with it. Yeah. yeah.
0: He, he might also ask uh, no Christmas music uh, before Thanksgiving. He might, he might,
2: he might, I don't, I, uh, I don't know. I. I. I think Jesus would, I mean, this is silly. Um, but I think Jesus would, we haven't been I, I think Jesus would really struggle with Christmas.
1: Of course he would. <laughs> yes, of he would. yes, that's one thousand percent true. Jesus would
2: be like, oh my god, what's happening? Jesus I, would be like, What I is think, listen? It's like it's like if some random festival to celebrate my birth, which my birth is in January, like happened in August.
1: January 12th, in case you're curious, in
2: August. <laughs> like, in August, some random festival happened where, like, a couple of people are talking about me, but, like, not stuff that I actually did. And then a whole bunch of other people are talking about, like, you know, Toyotathon. And,
0: like.
1: Uh, the, <laughs> holidays. the holidays is my new favorite thing to hate. The oh, holidays. my gosh.
0: I haven't even heard that. Oh, yeah. It's an
1: old Navy thing, an old Navy commercial. It's
2: it's the one downside of football season is that we're subjected to commercials.
1: Commercials, yeah.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Celebrate the holidays. No, no, no. I think it would be like, why is there this big pile of crap in your living room? And you'll be like, because it's your birthday, Jesus. And you'd be <laughs> like, um, okay, draw that line. But like, help me, help me out crap- here.
2: celebrating me
1: (laughs) yeah tell me how
0: my birthday equals capitalism's like greatest uh growth day you know
1: exactly and how you know um i did this in my research about thanksgiving years ago is that franklin roosevelt tried to make thanksgiving the week earlier so that the christmas shopping season would be longer wow so a hundred years later we've we've pretty much done it for him
2: i Generally consider him one of the better presidents, but but that, that that's, that's a, awful. No,
1: okay, it's it's, it's after the depression. And sure, sure. He's sure, trying sure. to stimulate no, the mean, economy, and I get it, but and and
0: yeah, we um, won't let them destroy America and go out shopping. Yeah, isn't that what George Bush said? Something like that.
1: I think also Jesus would say, "What's America?"
0: Yeah, good point. <laughs> That is-
2: who is, who, who is who is Santa, right? <laughs> <laughs> and who is Salmon Rushdie? <laughs>
1: Wait,
0: and who lit sit- that Fox News tree on fire?
1: I'm sorry, why am I sitting on this man's lap? <laughs> this feels inappropriate. <laughs> uh, why is there this line of kids? I think this is a bad idea. This, is, this seems like a really bad
0: idea. Yeah, Jesus would
1: ask for Santa to stop pulling random kids on his lap, that's what he would ask yeah. for. Yes. yes. Head, dude. <laughs> oh
0: man! Whew. <laughs> wow! Wow! I think we've covered, we've covered it.
2: <laughs> we definitely took care of Christmas.
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: Merry <Well>. Christmas.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. <laughs> Get access to pre and post-show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. You can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. And you can also tune in live Tuesdays on Facebook around 4.30 p.m. Eastern. I'm looking up our podcast online right now to see what our top tracks were. Oh man, I'm I'm off the, I don't have it queued up for our top cities, but uh, That's
1: okay, Ogan's not on today, so nobody cares.
0: Ogan's not on today. I wanna to say our top two were in Massachusetts to my recollection, with one in Texas. So
1: By the way, Ogan is in Massachusetts today, um, officiating a funeral, which is why he's not here. We never never gave yes. a plug to one. He'll be back yes. next week.
0: Yes. Thoughts are with Ogan, and uh, we'll see him next week. And you can catch us next week, friends. Uh, again, Facebook Live 40, 4 30 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays. And if you'd like to start or join a pub theology conversation in your town, check out all the resources at pubtheology.com. Until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. And
2: scene.
1: <laughs> and scene.